con Prime recibes bombillas en un día? Edison estaría orgulloso. Uh -huh. Orgullosísimo. Recibe rápido los esenciales diarios. Prime lo cambia todo. I'm a veterinarian, sure, but I'm way more than that. I'm also a tango dancer, a struggling but determined pie maker, and a mom. With IndieVets, I get to choose when and where I work. I create my own schedule and choose shifts at nearby animal hospitals that are right for me. Having that flexibility is exactly what I need to have plenty of time for all those other things that I am. Because I'm more than just a vet. Visit IndieVets.com to learn more and apply. Hi there, I'm Adam Kirbas, and this is my novel, The Supermarket Murder. I'm still pondering about the interrogation of Arzu. I mean, it was real. Whenever the word rape and abuse came, she some sort of hugged herself. She tried to give herself comfort. Um, and Arzu is a member of the Leheb family and this would mean a great deal if one of the members of the Leheb family would be raped. But if this had been going on for years, this all just does not make sense. Mr. Jenkins, the victim, was shot in the face, which makes him unrecognizable. But even though if he was a rapist, Why would anyone steal his clothes? Why would anyone want to parade in the clothes of a rapist, of someone who is being considered despicable? Because, assumably, one thinks that way of an abuser. So you do not steal his Close because normally, normally on feuds or on insulted honor, on blood feuds, people do not go for the personal effects of somebody. No, they just shot him point blank and they do not dis try to distort this person's identity for they want to see the world and everyone who did what and who this person was. As far as I'm concerned, I think that this was a robbery done wrong. Assumably, Mr. Jenkins was at the wrong p place in the wrong time. Probably the supermarket was about to be robbed and Mr. Jenkins happened to walk in there right at this very moment. People saw that, that he has money. I don't know how. Maybe he wore expensive clothes, his jackets, his jacket, watch and shoes were missing. Maybe someone thought that he's better off or they knew that he is a tourist and they shot him and robbed him. And then the Leheb family tries to cover up for that. This could be one explanation. 
But however, the confession and testimony of Arzu, the blonde rape victim, was real. She was raped. Everyone could immediately see that she is a victim of abuse. This is visible, but it is doubtful, though, that Mr. Jenkins would have been able to abuse her because he was living in the States, in the US, and only to fly all the way to Turkey to abuse a woman seems far-fetched. And this is not what we know about the statistics. And the statistics say that most of the abusers of a victim are in, the, in their close vicinity. So victims are surrounded by abusers in a way. So they are either from their families or from close acquaintances and so on. So this just does not make sense. And Mr. Jenkins was not in a way related to the Leheb family. He was not blood related, nor were his parents some close acquaintances of the Leheb family. So this is all odds. But Murat is all cheerful. Murat tells me, we got him. He again wants this thing closed. But this all could be Turkish dealing with this, uh, with this issue. The Americans, they pressure the, the Turkish authorities to come up with any explanation to come up with results and this would be and this would be this explanation that Mr. Jenkins was a rapist and therefore he was judged and shot dead would be an easy get out because then the American public in the US would hardly back any personal investigation or there wouldn't be any outcry in the American public that one of their own was shot despite the fact that Mr. Jenkins was Turkish of Turkish descent. However, he was an American citizen. So the main factor in this murder is the American public and whether they can pressure the commander-in-chief to take a hard stance and a hard line against Turkey. That's why this explanation that just one American citizen who have been abusing a Turkish woman was shot would be easy and it would be very convenient to all. But I'm not satisfied with this. I still think there is some darker meaning to it, some darker secret. Something is going on. But I do not tell Murad about this. He is cheerful. 
he seems to be relieved because this could have gotten ugly, ugly in that sense that Americans would have demanded that they, that we consult with American crime investigation units. This would have been pretty much embarrassing, especially here in Turkey. The media would have derided the authorities. Foreigners cannot come to Turkey and do whatever they like, what they think. So this would have been a real outcry in Turkey if American crime investigation units would have come to America. So it is an easy solution for all. And Murat is understandably cheerful, but I'm still pondering. I want to investigate more. So I walk to the supermarket phone company, the phone carrier that was in Mr. Jenkins' pocket the mobile phone he was apparently using. And as it turn, turns out, it was not Mr. Jenkins' mobile phone, phone number. We made some in, in inquiries. I asked the phone company and they verified it that the phone number belongs to a random guy. Some Muhsin Uzbek. Hmm. So, and they told me as if they would knew that I would be calling them. They told me, well, this is very common, very common in that sense that many tourists and foreigners who are unsure or who do not have the proper legalization, they ask someone whether they can open up a phone contract for them. Because in Turkey, you have to show some ID in order to open a phone, for, uh, a phone uh, contract. Correct. Even though if it is prepaid card, you have to show some ID. But Mr. Jenkins had an ID. And I asked there, it wouldn't have been a big deal for a tourist to get a phone contract, even a prepaid one. So why did he have the phone number of someone else in his pocket. And I look up this Mohsin Uzbek. I walk to him and he's a beggar. And I'm surprised by it. I was led by the police to Mohsin Uzbek. And I'm shocked to 
find that the name belongs to a beggar who is not even Turkish himself, but comes from Uzbekistan. And I asked him whether he opened a phone contract. And he tells me that his phone was stolen. I mean, he's a beggar. And that, and why would a beggar need a phone? And I see that he begs people for five Turkish liras. He always keeps reiterating Bish Türk lira, Bish Türk lira, which means five Turkish lira, five Turkish lira. Maybe he begs these people. And the phone con and the phone contract is very expensive for a beggar. So why would anyone bother to open a phone contract, especially when he's struggling to make ends meet. And then someone steals him. And I ask him, maybe one of your fellow beggars stole it. He gets embarrassed. No, they do. No, they don't do something like that. Did you give your phone to someone else? He says, no. I just left it somewhere and the next day it was stolen. You know, people do some hideous things. He tells me this Mohsin Uzbek. He tells me that some people, some vile people, some criminals would be using the phones of others and do all kinds of stuff. He doesn't dare to look me in the eye. And I see that he is uncomfortable. He says he attend. And I see through his skin, his, his cheap and raggy clothes that he is malnutritioned and has probably no home, has nowhere to be. And I'm again thoughtful. Thoughtful, why would anyone bother with a phone? So this is not likely. And I ask him, did you give your ID to someone else so that this someone may have opened in your name a phone contract? He says no. But he is again embarrassed. And I tell him, this could be very dangerous for you if you lie to me, if you lie to the authorities. You could be deported to Uzbekistan. This is a serious matter, I tell him. You are a foreigner. You don't have any friends here. And if it comes out, that you are an accomplice in murder of an American citizen. Uzbekistan could extradite you to the US and in the US prison 
is no laughing matter. It is, this is real. This is not like here in Turkey, where when you have connections, you walk jail-free. No, this is real. There are no connections whatsoever, far away. And I really try to scare him a little bit. I see he's a weak man. I see that he's afraid very easily and that he does not feel comfortable talking to authorities. I see that this Mohsin Uzbek, that he doesn't like it at all. Then after a while he says, once I lost my wallet. When was this? Well, I don't know. He doesn't want to reveal the person's name, but I have already a suspicion. I see, I tell him. So someone may have, someone could have stolen your ID and then opened up and then opened a phone contract with your name. He says, yeah, this could be possible. There are a lot of vile people around here, you know. I see, I tell him. But he still doesn't want to reveal the name. I tell him whether he knows Arzu, Arzu Leheb, the blonde girl who came to the police precinct and testified that she has been abused all these years. Mohsin Uzbek tells me he knows her. He's elated. He feels come passion for for Arzulehep. She's a good girl. He tells me. I agree, I tell him. But something happened to her, I tell him. My gaze stares at him. I try to stare him. I try to confront Mohsin Uzbek with reality, with what happened and what could happen. He tells me that the world is not fair and that some, some have to carry a heavy weight on their shoulders. I say, I agree. I tell him that Arzu came to the police precinct. Muhsin Uzbek just not. Yes. I tell him that Arzu confessed that she was abused. Muhsin Uzbek is tearful. Yes. I I continue. She's a beautiful girl. 
and it is not fair that something like this happened to her. I, <clears throat> I use his words. Not fair. I try to bond with him. It is not fair what happened to her. He again nods. How could something like that happen here among us? Aren't we all honest people? Mohsin Uzbek is tearful. He tells me that some wears, wear masks. And I ask him whether he knows Mr. Jenkins, whether he has ever met him. He says, no, he has never met him. And I tell him he was shot dead in a supermarket. He just nods. And then I ask him and I wait for him to really look at him. I try to corner him. Do you think that Arzu's life will be better from now on. He does not respond, but I see through his composure that he is distressed, that he is struggling with himself. I stoke oil into the fire. Now it all seems over, doesn't it? And again, there is no response but tears. Muhsin Uzbek is desperate. He doesn't want to look into my eyes. And I know from now on something is up. But then Muhsin Uzbek tells me that Arzu is a good girl. That she would always give him food, money, whenever he needed it. I agree. And I respond, what a waste, such a beautiful woman. And her life was ruined. No one could save her. And again, Mohsin Uzbek is troubled and silent. But why should an American, I ask him, why did they kill him? You know, he tells me, he now opens up a little bit as if he feels relieved to talk about something else. For him, the main issue here is Arzu and her abuse. And I try to divert his attention, try to, try to give him relief so that he, he doesn't have to face the obvious. 
Mohsin Uzbek tells me, well, some people here are poor. They are struggling to make ends meet. It's not easy for them. People are mean. They don't even give you five bucks. No. People are so cold. And that's why some of us get this bread. They want to feed their families. They want to feed their children. They want to do something about it. So I ask him, Mr. Jenkins was killed because someone was hungry. Maybe, he tells me, there are a lot of us who are hungry. But will it feed them? Will they have enough now? Now they have killed an innocent man. And again, Mohsin Uzbek is tearful. Again, he doesn't know what to respond. I don't know, he tells me. It never lasts long. It's like in the trash. If you find money, it never lasts long. Only for couple of weeks and then we are back where we are where we have been I see but do you meet Arzu he tells me yes he does it occasionally when he has some found some money He buys also flowers because she needs it, he tells me. This means he knows who is the abuser of her. Mohsin Uzbek knows who harms her. And I assume his abuser, her Arzu's abuser, must be someone in her family. How about her family? I ask him. Can't they help her? He is again tearful. No. No. They can't help her. No one can help her. Maybe you could help her. I don't know, says Mohsin Uzbek. I tried But it's not easy. I don't have money. I'm a beggar. I want to help her. I want to get her out of here. But it was not possible. I see. How about her father? And this is when Mohsin Uzbek flinches. You could see something deep hurtful goes through his mind when I mentioned her father how is he like I ask him her father she must be 
What is he working? And again, he grows tearful. He tells me people don't know. What do they don't know? I ask him. Muhsin Uzbek remains silent. He doesn't dare to say anything. I can't talk to you any longer, he tells me. And he walks off. And the pennies in his pocket are jingling. Hmm. And I am thoughtful again. This could be the reason why the Lehab family is involved in this. But how do these things add up? I don't quite, I can't quite put the puzzle together. Mr. Jenkins was shot in the supermarket. His personal effects were stolen. His home was broken into and his furniture was removed. But, and then Arzu walks into the police precinct and claims that Mr. Jenkins had been abusing her all this time. But how do these things connect? And I'm not sure. And then I look up Arzu's family. And I then find out that Arzu's father owns an electric store in Ordu. Selim Leheb. He owns an electric store. And this is again odd. And I again am sure that something is up and I will and I'm heading towards the electric store. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Root's metric US report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed. Disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org.